Hello. Daily hello. It's the FC Mag Dad podcast. From Father's Quarterly, otherwise known as FQ Magazine. Damien, it's a gorgeous Wednesday. How are you feeling? How's your week? <laughs> oh, the week is being productive. Let's just say that. Loads of work, lots of graft, um, trying to remain positive in the, uh, it, it, under the circumstances of, of the new 2003. So this is how things are panning out at the moment. It's really lovely to hear that, that it's positive and you're, you know, being productive because um, the news does seem to be full of woe, doesn't it, all the time? Yeah, but we want to get past that. Life is not always full of woes. I want to focus on more positive things. So, um, and really, you know, FQ is, is, is about dads, as you know, and is about the information we like to provide to, to people, uh, not only dads and mothers, uh, concerning parenting issues across the board, um, and it focuses on other things, as you know, from 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 fashion through to motoring. Which you know, um, again, I was going to throw back to you. What's 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 happening in the motor industry these days? Because hey, listen, listen, if 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 we want to stay positive, let's not talk about motoring because that is one non-positive element of life right now. That's quite true. That it is uh, the, the motoring industry is a, is a bit of a, a bit of a tough one at the moment in trying to supply cars to the industry and to people and consumers, exactly. etc. So yeah. it's a tough one. But we're still a nation of motor lovers, aren't we? And obviously. You see so much new tech in cars and performance-led and obviously discussion between, you know, electric versus uh, obviously petrol and diesel. Um, what's, your, what's, what's your take on, 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 on people's still enthusiasm over the motoring industry? Well, I do think you're psychic because I've just, been, I've just come off a phone call to talk about the, that exact thing. And there's one guy I know who's got two electric cars on his drive. Mm. Um, you're saying how much, you know, it used to cost his wife in a petrol car each yeah. month you know it used to cost her and her work commutes 300 plus pounds a month just filling up with petrol wow. and now it's costing her with a home charger charging mm. up their home electricity at uh, a relatively low tariff at home um, yeah. costing her 32 quid amazing so, however amazing. it must be said that if you use public charging points because a lot of us don't live in places where you can put a charging point yes. on your home if you yes. live in a flat an apartment a terrace yes. house shared living whatever it's not easy obviously if you live in london it's a bit easier there are lots of points around if you're living in other big cities like birmingham manchester leeds that's a similar case um i do think that the infrastructure in the united kingdom is not quite there yet so yes. for those listening who are living in you know sort of more rural areas um what you have to do to retain your love of cars, and if you want to go down the electric car route, is to just plan your journey more. That's all you've got yes, to do. Look exactly. online, look where the nearest charging point is, and um, charge up that way. It's a lot more expensive charging up on a public charger, though. I will say that. A huge oh, really? Amount. See, see yeah, I yeah. think as, as Joe Public's concerned, and myself, we're not quite aware. We always think it, they always look so free, but uh, uh, they if you were to make a stop, you're on a two, three hundred mile journey, and you need a booster to to get to the next point on average what what is the cost of that charging do you know well well i could almost say if you're going to do a 200 300 mile i, I would i wouldn't say forget it 
electric cars that will quite happily do that kind of range, yeah. depending on the weather, because if it's cold, which it always is in the winter yes. in the United Kingdom, like your iPhone battery or other smartphone battery, it will drain quicker in the cold. Yes. So you have to be prepared. So a lot of cars, in fact, all electric cars have uh, that are new now will have uh, on their infotainment screen a load of information showing you as you're driving where your nearest electric charging hub will be. Yeah. So you're utterly alone right. in terms of, you know, that reduces range anxiety a little bit. Yes. <laughs> the, the other thing is that some electric cars won't do that kind of range yes. on one hit. So you have to go and suggest to yourself that, okay, say I'm driving from North London to Manchester. Just say that, yeah? Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, you're going to have to stop somewhere. Well, it's easy. You just work out where you're going to stop. Yeah. Or if you're lucky enough to have a building that you live in that you have access to a charging point, yeah. then charge up there because it's a lot, lot cheaper than it is, say, at rapid charging networks. And yes. that's the other thing, Damien. When you do charge, um, it's good because you get to chat to people. So yeah. it's not like going to fill up diesel or petrol at the pumps where it, it's, it's over within two minutes max. Yes. You are looking at, for instance, 40 minutes, say, to get from, uh, to get to, say, 80%. Right, uh, okay. On, on a quick charger, you're looking at longer than that with some other charging station. So just be prepared for things to be slightly more delayed on your journey. It's just a matter of adapting. Uh, adapting and planning. Uh, absolutely right. I think as human beings, and this is where I can segue into change, mm. um, it, it's about change. That's all it is. Uh, yeah. you, you can't drive an electric car like you can your, your regular car that you've yeah. done for the last God knows how many years. Right. But change is a good thing and it's like you and me going from single or, or married guys without kids to suddenly dads yes. and it's the same for any dad listening or dad to be listening now change we kind of resist it sometimes we kind oh, of look yeah, forward to it as well yeah no exactly <laughs> sometimes we're forced to i mean i i can't wait to get an electric car but i've i found that for what my spec and what i i want is the price is so prohibitive yeah. that I can't even entertain an electric car, although I'm eager to give it a go. I'm eager to make the switch. I want to be eco-friendly, and I want to reduce my fuel bill in order yeah. to do it. I don't always take two, 300 miles. So a lot of my journeys are 20, 30 miles on a daily basis. And then once a month, it might be 150 miles. So, I, you know, but what's the ideal price or price range for a very comfortable family car, for an electric car, not hybrid, electric car that would be a sensible option for for a family on a on a on an okay to good budget well i mean it used to be as you say the word prohibitive comes up a lot when you talk about new cars and and especially electric vehicles evs as they're known Mm. Um, now they used to be a lot more expensive but the price is coming down on electric vehicles and without sounding like a brand ambassador for say mg mg are releasing cars now with really good range yeah. That are in the uh, twenty plus thousands to buy outright. Wow! Um, and of course, most people these days, most people tend to try and uh, they either lease a car or they pay monthly. Yes. You know? Yeah. And um, you know, it, it, it becomes quite an apart. I say affordable. It's all relative, isn't it? What's affordable yeah. for one person isn't for another. But yes. it becomes more affordable, should I say, than it was? You know, even just three, four, five years ago. Yeah. Um, now. We have to remember that electric vehicles aren't safe or hate them. Um, They are brilliant, as you say, for the environment. And this is what I think that my children, and I'm sure yours probably have said, especially your your little one, 
they were always telling me about the plastic in the ocean and, you know, the safe planet and don't keep your car on, Dad, just to keep us all warm because you're polluting the atmosphere. It's, yeah. it's a good thing, isn't it, that they're yeah. so aware? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm watching with bated breath to see where the market goes. I know I eventually kind of targeted myself in the next two years to see if I can purchase one. But um, I'm waiting for the price to really come down to a level that is affordable because I just don't see a saving on the fuel bill until I, it's an affordable range of cars. So I'll take you, take you up on what you said about MG. It's going to be hopefully they'll now start competing on price and we'll still see the quality of interiors and exteriors and shape, which I still think is lacking. Uh, yeah, uh, at the moment, car designers generally are building electric vehicles around the shape of the old combustion engine cars, yeah. i.e., you know, um, it's got a sort of a front that we would associate a car with an engine to have. It doesn't necessarily need to look like that. But yeah. again, I think human beings, again, don't like change generally, so we're being spoon-fed bit by bit electric cars that look familiar which might entice us into them and i suspect that when your 10 year old and my little one are our age they won't even be having this discussion because they'll be so regular so normal so probably different in shape that it would be a it'll be just a thing to have you know yeah Yeah, exactly um but but i do think that when it comes to i mean funnily enough my my uh one of my children is is uh, having a little geography trip today um they're out about learning about london learning about um and i mean you'll know i'm sure i don't know you might know the olympic village do quite well um i don't know it well passed it many many times never actually been in so um i should make a visit yeah i I said exactly the same thing this morning dropping my daughter off because she said oh dad you'll have been here won't you i went actually no i haven't it's typical no yeah I i should Yes, um, definitely. And they're learning, interestingly, about how regeneration mm. in certainly parts of London is yeah. interesting. It goes from one, one side of the spectrum uh, where things need improving yes. you know, um, to the other side of the spectrum where they've been improved so much that no one can then afford to buy or rent a house there. Well, yeah, gentr- gentrification has been, a, is, has been a massive problem in parts of London and, and super un- unfortunate. Not quite sure how they're going to solve that problem, but it seems grossly unfair to those people who have lived there for years and are being gradually forced out to to far places, affordable, afford, more affordable when they've been living there for years, to make room for more wealthier people, and that seems very unfair. They don't seem to have found a way to integrate both into a society and environment that should work, and, and that's something I think a lot of pockets of London need to focus on. I could not agree with you more. That is absolutely how I feel and how my, my child was talking to me about that. And that's one of the reasons they're going. Because I said, that's interesting. It's geography related, is it, GCSE? Went, yeah, because I, I, I would have said that sort of was more associated with, say, history. But she said, no, urban geography. It's, it's really interesting how it looks at what you've just said and mm. how it, it then distributes those that were there already away from that place because it then becomes too expensive for them to live which is absolutely unfair well, it's yeah. unfair because the, the yeah. whole you know a whole environment where you live is based on you know doctors and nurses yeah. and, and brickies and you know street cleaners and rubbishmen and you know office workers and bankers and it should be a melting pot of environments where people 
you know, can, can, can feed off of each other's experiences and keep a community working and going without someone having to commute for hours or not get home late at night without no London transport. And there's so many issues that occur, occur with it, create problems. They, they, they can't seem to have quite sorted it out where, where there's a, a real nice mix. And, and they, I often look at these things pragmatically and quite, you know, I think there's a, a common sense rule to how it should work. A certain proportion of the environment needs to be affordable, and the other side of it, where affordability takes over, and size and square footage and features pick up, you can mix the two whilst having a community of open spaces and facilities that work for everyone. I just, I just, yeah, it, it just seems to be an immense amount of greed that doesn't quite cater for all of of, of everybody's needs. That that always seems to be that, and you know, I'm looking at life. And I was reading all about this earlier today about bad housing. Everyone should have a home, right? Everyone should have a home where they're, you know, in this country. But the trouble is you get bad housing, don't you? So yeah. you get people like who who just are in places that are barely habitable, you yes. know, and then, and then you get these ridiculously expensive places that only the very, very wealthy can inhabit or, or whatever. And it, yeah, it, it does absolutely seem unfair, but then it's a hard pill horrible pill to swallow when you when you when you and i grow up and we realize that life just isn't fair is it no it's not but i mean i think it also takes well life isn't fair i I think it takes you know us all as individuals and as we do this podcast we always hope people are listening it it takes those individuals to step up and make a change often people go oh we complain and it's all right for them and it's so okay for them and People who have got the money, they're like, well, I work hard for what I've got. If they worked hard, they could have this and that. And there's always that ability. Um, but it takes people to make a change. It takes a community to get together and say, we don't agree with this. And lobby your local politician and get them on board and to- talk to local businesses. If in the event, you know, we are not catered for, you won't have people running the coffee shops and you know, emptying your bins and serving you as a nurse or a doctor or whatever the case may be. And it takes community to get together. Often we all sit back in our chair and just complain. And so, and I think that's the, that, that is the difference, that there are people out there who get up, make a difference, but we need more numbers. And I'm also guilty of, of doing that. I, you know, I'll talk about certain things. I'm trying to do my bit in other areues, i.e. like FQ magazines serving the parental community to a degree. But there's so much more I could do. population etc um and we could all give up an hour or two so there's so much more we need to maybe talk a lot more about what we can do to help our community what we could do to help our elderly um what we could do to help society it's a it's an issue but um listen i i you know I, we're, we're on the same page that we often are, Tim, actually. We're going we're to get to a point where we're going to have to start disagreeing at some point on this podcast. <laughs> no, but I do think that you, know, you and I are pretty much the same age. And I do think that's a big factor. And we've both got three children, which is a big factor. And we're both men. And I think that at the end of the day, a lot of dads will... Well, I do hope anyway that they will gain some kind of insight into parenting or at least they'll um, kind of feel some kind of similar emotion to how we are and how we view life but yeah it's it's you know it we can learn from our children like I learned from my daughter all about um and my son and my other daughter all about how 
you know, we must improve the planet. Because it, it, I don't know about you as a kid growing up at school, going back to that topic for a second, were you ever taught about the environment and how we should protect the planet when you were at school? Mm, do you know what? We, we, we wasn't, and it wasn't, it wasn't a huge topic at all um, uh, about the environment. Yeah, we should put litter in bins and, yes, learn how to cross the road. And, um, you know, everyone touched on, you know, sexual education to a degree, but it's still fairly taboo. Uh, the environment wasn't really wasn't really spoken about. But then at that stage, we were using more bottles and glass and not so much plastic. Yeah. You know, we used a lot more paper inst- instead of plastic bags, you know. So there, there, there was a common sense rule to it. And I think back in the 70s and the 80s, we didn't waste so much. Food was important. You know, we had bread strikes and milk strikes and various things of nature. So I think that the food that tended to be in the home used to be finished. I don't remember us throwing away as much as what we do now. No, it's, it's absolutely how I remember it. And also, I remember my, uh, my grand and granddad used to take their lemonade bottle down to the local shop yes. and we'd get 5p back on it. Yeah, we used to have, you're right, the soda bottles we used to give back. So we used to get all those <laughs> soda bottles and what you finish them and put them back into the crates and they used to collect it. Exactly. You know, you know uh, yeah, exactly, things like that. So there, there probably was a more common sense rule going back 20, 30, well, 30, 40 years ago. And that's what we don't do now. Now they're working hard to reduce the amount of plastic. And, but we still look on the shelves and we can see these massive boxes. By the time you open them up, what's inside them is half the size of what the size of the boxes. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying that a lot. And uh, yeah, because you imagine this massive, great gift, don't you, or whatever comes through. And it's, it's most of it's all shredded up cardboard. But yeah, it can be yeah, recycled. It's like, but they could just have shelf talkers. And behind the shelf talkers are the smaller, are the smaller ones, but people just won't accept it. They need to feel they're getting something big in order to get value. We're just constantly being cheated. And, and again, wherever the voice is there, and I'm not that voice, we're talking about it now, but hopefully this debate is about everyone saying, yeah, why, you know, whatever box of, you know, um, a muesli or whatever else, why is it coming in that big cardboard box or when I open it out, the bag's half the size? Yeah. It's like, just find a way. It's like, come on. Yeah, I think actually in quite a few podcasts ago, we talked about this, so we touched on it. But um, on our second child, we, we did actually try um, nappies that were, were reusable ones, you know. Yes, but again, yes. again, in, in the 60s, 70s and well before that, obviously, there were nappies that weren't disposable. You just reused and rewashed them. So, of course, yeah. people have been doing that for years. But we, we became quite lazy as a society, I think, and throwaway society that we are. We want things instantly, I think, a lot of the time. And um, that's, that's the result of that. I think now the new generation is starting to go, hang on a second, we are spinning on this wonderful rock yeah. in the middle of space. We're so lucky to be alive, really, when you consider and you look at the other planets around us that we've got yeah. to be alive. Let's yeah. not take this place for granted that we're living on. And it's a whole viewpoint that I think the generation of kids have got compared with how we were in the early 70s to mid 70s you know yeah exactly totally agree well we speak common sense we hope that listeners are feeling the same way maybe we need to be writing to our politicians maybe we need to be writing to the consumer associations to the cereal companies to the other box companies the meat manufacturers etc to ensure that we're still not happy with what's being produced i know my recycling bin is getting bigger and bigger every week <laughs> and i'm like i am concerned about the amount i throw away but then i'm concerned about maybe i'm consuming more so um you know uh, uh, let the bait debate burn on but you know if anyone's listening out there you write one letter um it's something more than most people are doing if you feel the same way we're, we're so so 
that's something we can talk about more. A lot more recycling. As you grow the family, you're gonna you're gonna have a lot more rubbish and a lot more things to throw away. Old beds, old mattresses, old clothes, and what we should do with them. Old push chairs and car seats and high chairs and a, a, a tremendous amount when you when you have new children that you're going to purchase and they're not requiring two to three years and it's something that should be considered something we need to talk about more what other facilities are out there for people to do where they might consider buying secondhand products or you know products that have been manufactured with with thought to the environment and how they are reused and and and, and repaired etc etc so again we got a lot to, to talk about Absolutely. And if you're lucky enough to have more than one child, then the way it's worked with me, especially if they're the same sex, it helps. Um, you know, you can pass them down. In fact, my youngest daughter is always getting annoyed with me. And she says, Dad, do you like my dress? And I go, yeah, it's really nice. Was, was, you know, was that, was that your sister? She went, no, everything's not always my older sisters, you know. She gets, but most of what she wears is. And most of the prams and most of the little dolly tw- sort of things she's played with over the years are hand-me-downs. But that's cool because that is a kind of form of recycling. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll pass it on to some other parents we know with younger kids, you know? Yeah. So maybe maybe we'll start we'll we'll start a campaign that, you know, whatever date in whatever month is the day you go and clear out all your cupboards, give what you can to charity, recycle to the unfortunate and to your other children and um and uh and do something. I'm sure there are dates out there like that, but we'll 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 try and do a little bit more on that as well. We but will in the meantime, will. thank you very much for uh for a good pop podcast and we'll we'll re- re- revisit this like other subjects very soon absolutely and keep on having a productive week be positive Great. and keep well damien all the best thank you thanks again Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.